Okay, we are going to go ahead and start. Uh, I think we may have a few more people join us, but uh, I, I have quite a few things on that sheet. It may not look like it, but there's a, there's a lot that I want to go over today. Um, this class is called Utilizing Existing Resources and Partnering with Others to Engage Your Community. I did not come up with that title. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to read it to uh, remember what the title of the session is. But my name is Rex King, and I will be the facilitator here. But yeah, if you could uh, help yourself to one of everything that's on the table as you're coming in, help yourself to one of each of those items. And uh, let's take just uh, just a few minutes. What are some things that your church has done to engage your community. Anybody? We have a fireworks blast in Circleville. Okay. Every year. Okay. A fireworks blast they put on. We have a women's boutique that gives away free clothes. A women's boutique that gives away free clothes. I'm gonna repeat what you say for the sake of the recording. You know, so that <laughs> It's not that I feel like I have to repeat everything you say. I got to do that for the recording. So, yeah. Okay. Go out to a shelter in the park and have a service to to draw the community. Okay. Uh, a community pantry, food pantry. Derek? Uh, our Lama uh, First, we uh, partner with the inner city church, and uh, over the last Saturday of every month, we go and, and do a feed there. Uh, it's been kind of tough with the COVID thing. We've been doing a giveaway back there, you know. Uh huh. Take, take out, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, this next month, we're going to get back to uh, buffet style. Okay, so partnering together with another church, uh, serving food buffet style, and you have been doing kind of take out uh, food. I, someone else had their hand up over. Yeah. Okay, so you have like Bible study and have have dinner for them. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Uh, if you would just take uh, one of each of the items that are on that table. Um, so yeah, you guys have done quite a few things. The few things that I listed there uh, that we've done, we did a dollar car wash. I don't know how many of you have tried that, but uh, you, you put a sign up or you have kids out with a sign that says dollar car wash. They come in, you wash their car. When they go to pay you, you, you give them a dollar. And they look at you kind of confused, you know, and you say, hey, we just wanted to bless you today. How can we pray for you? That is a ton of work. <laughs> That is a ton of work. So you want to have a few car washing stations. You want to have lots of volunteers because it's a lot of work. But it's kind of a cool thing that we did. Um, we gave away groceries and hygiene products and things. Uh, I asked the, the congregation. I didn't want to just give to the people in the church, but people outside the church who are underemployed. Because there's all kinds of help for people who are unemployed or who are poor, but there are people who are underemployed who are just barely eking by. 
And with Christmas coming up, we wanted to do that in December to kind of give them a shot in the arm. And uh, so we, we took names and, uh, and took some special offerings, sent some of our frugal ladies out shopping, and they, and they got some good, good deals. So we did that. Um, we take gifts uh, every Mother's Day and Father's Day. We ask um, the, the one nursing facility that we work with a lot, we ask them for a list of the mothers or, or fathers who are not likely to get a visit from family. And we take them a gift and pray with them. And so we do that. And we do a car show uh, that's a pretty, pretty big deal there, too. Um, I won't get into the specifics of that. If, you, if you're interested, you can give me a call. But we do a car show, and we get sponsors from all over the community. Uh, and they purchase, you know, we do trophies uh, in their name, the ones who donate. And then uh, we split the, the proceeds between our children and youth ministries and a need in the community, whether it's uh, for, for cancer or autism or some charity in the community. And so that helps us connect with them. So just some ideas there. Uh, I try to, to keep a balance of different ways of engaging the community. So we do, we do things like that, like we've talked about, that are kind of uh, what they call presence ministry, where we're taking the presence of Jesus to our community, or we're meeting a, a need in Jesus' name. And uh, so we do some of those things. And then the next thing that I want to talk to you about is uh, big day events and how to maximize your big day events. Things like Easter is a big day event for us. VBS is a, a big week, <laughs> but it's, it's a big day event. Um, we do Back to Church Sunday. I was doing that before it was a thing. You know, back to church Sunday. Hey, man, it's time to get back to church. Summer's over, you know. And um, you all know people who haven't been in church for a long time. Call them up and say, hey, it's back to church Sunday. So, uh, so those are our big day events that we do. And the way that I've found to, to maximize that is, uh, first of all, to meet with my leadership team. And we plan the event. We, we talk it all out. And, um, and then I, I preach a vision casting message uh, well in advance, like for Easter, except for last year and this year, we have not done this. Uh, Easter is going to be uh, downsized quite a bit this year um, because we, we just couldn't, couldn't do all this to uh, make it a, as big of an event. But normally what I like to do is in February, I preach a vision casting message and uh, I make that message something like um, like the guys who who brought the paralytic and lowered him down through the roof you know bring them to Jesus if if we understood who Jesus is and what he could do in the lives of the people that we know we would we would fight through every barrier, every obstacle to bring them to Jesus, you know. So I, I actually preached that one year, you know, and talked about that, overcoming those obstacles, bringing those people in your life to Jesus. And so I'll, I'll preach a message like that. And then at the end, I actually took this out of, out of sermon notes. 
uh, from the end of one of those messages, I'll say, I want every believer in this room to begin praying today. So it's, it's in February sometime. Asking the Lord to show you at least two people that you're going to invite for Easter Sunday. I want you to begin praying for them every day. I want you to live the Christian life before them. I want you to ask God to show you some, some act of kindness that he would have you do for them to demonstrate his love to them. And I want you to follow through with it sometime next month. So sometime in March, they do something to, to demonstrate the love of Christ to those people that they've been praying for. Then three weeks prior to Easter Sunday, I want you to invite them to come. And we're going to give you a reason to invite them. Uh, number one, hey, it's Easter. Are you, are you going to church? Oh, you're not. Well, hey, I'd love to have you come with me, you know. So we do uh, free breakfast, pancakes, sausage, and eggs for everybody. That, that is so cheap, you know. It's a pretty good breakfast. It doesn't cost much money. Uh, so we do a free breakfast for everyone. Um, and breakfast takes the place of Sunday school. And then we, uh, we beef up our praise and worship, and we have communion, some good special music. Um, and I begin a series, a four-part series on Easter Sunday. And um, so there's, a, on the very back, you have this thing. <laughs> this is a sample of, um, of our, our spiritual survey that I do every Easter Sunday. I ask everybody to do this. Everyone in the church, they all have one of these. I ask everybody to do one. And so they fill out their personal uh, information. This is after the altar call. You know, I've preached my lungs out, and I've done an altar call, and we've prayed together, and then I get this out. And I say, hey, I want you guys, if you would, to just help me out here and take this spiritual survey. Could you do that for me? Everybody does it. And, uh, and it says there, please mark the letter that best corresponds with the instructions given by the pastor. So I ask them not to fill that out until I give them the, the information. And then I say, now, if you pray to accept Jesus today for the first time, I want you to put a check by A. A is for accepted Jesus. And if you have prayed that prayer before, I want you to put a, a mark next to B. B is for before. I prayed that prayer before and asked Jesus into my life. If you're considering receiving Christ as your Savior, but you're not quite there yet, would you put an X next to C? And that'll help me know how to pray for you. And D stands for don't bother me preacher. <laughs> if you put an X next to D, I will not call you. I will not send you a letter. I will pray for you. And I'd like for, for all of you, if you have a prayer need, I'd, I'd like for you to, to write that there because I'm going to pray for every card this week. Everyone who turns us in, I promise you I will pray personally for you. And I'll ask my staff to do the same. Now this year that, that I stole this card from, the series was Who is Jesus? And, uh, and I hit the four cardinal doctrines. You know, Easter Sunday, Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our Holy Spirit baptizer. And Jesus is our soon-coming king. So that was my four-part series, Who is Jesus? And so I asked them, if, if you will commit to me that 
that you're going to come back for the rest of the, the sermon series, would you mark yes? Try and get the commitment, get a <laughs> mark on the dotted line that they're going to come back for the rest of the series because we want them to, to not just come for Easter. We want them to come a few times so that we have a chance to grow on them a little bit and hopefully keep them. Okay, so that's why I utilize that um, that card. But anyway, so we we give them a reason to invite someone to come. We have we have breakfast. Uh, we have an Easter egg hunt, and uh, and we do that after church. And uh, the children have to be accompanied by their parents. And so you know that way uh, we don't want to have an Easter egg hunt on Saturday. Well, I have it Sunday after church so that they come to church. And the parents got to be with the kids. And so the, we have it divided up into three age groups uh, of kids. And there is a special egg in each of those age groups. And they, whoever has the special egg, see they all turn their eggs in. And in exchange for the, the plastic eggs, they get candy. Okay? And the special egg gets a prize. Uh, the older kids get tablets, uh, electrical tablets, not paper. Uh, but uh, they get tablets. The, the little kids uh, get a gigantic Easter basket full of stuff that little kids like. Okay, So, so we do that. And um, on a normal year, we, our average attendance is about 120-ish. Um, and on Easter Sunday, we often see 260. You know, so it, it definitely brings people in. That's our, our big day event. And then the, the challenge is to, to try and follow up with them, you know. So, uh, but to pull this off, we have to have our, our leadership team recruit workers, and we try to involve as many people as possible because if they're involved in it, they're more, more likely to invite someone to come. They take ownership of it. There will be tons of opportunities to help with donations, uh, special uh, prayer meetings leading up to it, promotion, uh, cleaning and decorating the facility, cooking and serving breakfast, parking cars, ushering, greeting, children's programs, an Easter egg hunt, uh, cleanup, follow-up, and so forth. There are lots of opportunities to involve as many people in your church as you can and utilize the spiritual survey card. I already talked to you about that. And, uh, and keep accurate data or data, depending on what generation you're from. Uh, we called it data back in my day. So uh, keep accurate data and create a mailing list for your future e events. So that every time we have a, uh, you know, every VBS, we have a list of families that we that we mail out to every Easter we have a list we we send mailings out to and so we begin to to uh, establish that relationship with those families and what we found is that sometimes after a family has come to a couple of our events then maybe they're they'll bring their kids to our Wednesday night kids programs or something like that and then then maybe we'll we'll get that whole family coming to our church but, uh, but we need to engage with them, and, and it's good to, uh, to engage with them several times and then 
a lot of times we'll see that family in our church. So that's uh, maximizing big days. And uh, did I go over time on that? Keep a close watch on my time here. Um, I want to talk to you then. Uh, so, so you got all the all the uh, presents ministries that you do the the ministries to meet needs then you got your big days and maximizing those and then um, equipping your congregation to share the gospel one-on-one and um, so the bibles that i've given you are from revive ohio and we had revive ohio come to seneca county uh how many of you are familiar with revive wow just me and John and Derek, kind of, okay? So Revive Ohio comes only by invitation from churches in a county. So someone in, in our county, one of, the, one of the pastors in our county, contacted Mark Bird. He's the uh, chairman of Revive Ohio, and contacted him and said, hey, we would love to have Revive Ohio come to Seneca County. And so they send a whole team of missionaries. This is their life's work. Missionaries, a whole team, and, and gosh, I don't know, probably 10, 10 or 12 uh, missionaries come, and they all have special assignments on the team. You know, So the team will come in, uh, come into town, and uh, they work with you for about a year, planning when you're gonna have your outreach, uh, they work with you on uh, on connecting with different aspects of your your county, different uh, the the schools, the um, you know the the entertainment, uh, the uh, judges, and all these different things. They'll work with you uh, and give you ideas of how you can connect with different aspects in your county. Okay, and so we try to recruit as many churches in the county as we can to partner with us and so we in Seneca County Seneca County is probably about 70 percent Catholic and um, then we have a lot of mainline churches and then we have uh, we have a handful of Pentecostal churches who don't trust anybody and won't work with anyone it's easier for me to work with the Baptists than it is the Pentecostals because they're afraid the Assemblies of God is going to steal their people because we're bigger. You know, we're a denomination, only we're not really. We're a revival movement, uh, the same as they are. But uh, for some reason, at least the Pentecostals in Tiffin uh, are always afraid that I'm out to steal their people. But uh, as many churches as, as you can recruit to be involved in this, and we had, uh, we had Baptists, we had Methodists, several Methodist churches, um, we did manage to get two Pente- three Pentecostal churches, two of them were Assemblies of God. Um, and uh, so we ended up with a total of 21 churches. Okay, Now... What we do then, uh, you, you get your churches involved, you plan your week when they're going to come. They come and kick the week off on a Friday night with a, an opening uh, ceremony, uh, powerful praise and worship. They bring in speakers who have been in counties that have done Revive to get everyone pumped up about it, you know. And then Saturday the outreach begins. 
And so, so every day, now Saturday and Sunday have a little bit different schedule than, than a Monday through Friday. But every day, basically, what you do is um, you can come anytime, you can go anytime. You can come in the morning. If that's the only time you can come, that's great. If you can only come in the afternoon, that's great. If you can only come at night, come at night. Because what we do is in the morning when you come, we will uh, we'll start off with some praise and worship, about 15 minutes of that, about 15 minutes of guided prayer time. Uh, then we'll eat breakfast together, and then we'll train everybody. Whether there's anybody new there or not, we go over the training. And, uh, and so if you come in the morning, you'll receive training before you go out in teams. We go out in teams of four, okay? So we do the training. We divide up in teams. We take Jesus to the community, okay? Then we come back, and we have lunch together, and we blow the roof off the place. We have one-minute testimonies, and they start playing music. If you go over a minute, the music gets louder, you know? <laughs> And we have one-minute testimonies to, to celebrate what God's been doing, you know. So you do that, and new people have come now. They can only come in the afternoon. Well, guess what? They get trained, okay? So it doesn't matter that they come in in the afternoon. They still get trained, and then we go back out again, you know. And, uh, and then in the evening, uh, we have supper together, and we have a praise celebration, celebrate what God's done, okay? So you do that every day. So no matter when somebody comes in, they can get in the flow of things. They can be trained before they go out. And um, so that's kind of how it works, okay? So, so they come in, they do that. Um, we went out, and because we had two Assemblies of God churches, God really began to move in the supernatural, and we started to see divine healings. And uh, God was moving in a unique way to the point that they brought the national team in to work with us, and they don't normally do that. But we, so we had, we had missionaries from other states that came in that, that helped us the, uh, because we ended up holding it over. We went the week, and, and they said, man, God's moving. Let's, let's hold it over. We held it over. Uh, it ended up being... Uh, was at our church for 10 days, and then we moved it to Mike Ertel's church, uh, Assemblies of God, over in Fostoria for uh, a few more days. It was two weeks, and God was moving. And so we, we gave out uh, almost, almost 600 Bibles. Um, we gave out, I think, 2,700 and some wristbands. Uh, which means that we prayed with more than 2,700 people. Because, um, uh, let, let me back up just a little bit, but what we do is as we're out there, we try and pair off so that we have in, in each of the four groups, we need a mix of the sexes, you know, at least one male, one female. And uh, what we do in Seneca County, we'll, we'll divide our, our team and go down opposite sides of the street and try to stay in touch with each other. So if we only have one female, she might have to bounce back and forth if we're meeting with females. If we're engaging with males and there are three women on the team, the, the guy's got to bounce back and forth. So we kind of go together down opposite sides of the street 
and we just approach people and and we're praying for the community you know we started during um, go 2020 which is another story but during go 2020 we started uh, going through every street in Seneca County praying for every house every business and everybody that we ran into and so we masked up we stayed back and but we went along we prayed for people so what we do if, if I'm going through your neighborhood and uh, you know I got my partner and the other two are over there and we'll walk up to someone and I'll say hey my name is Rex and this is Abigail and we're with a group of churches from Seneca County um, all different denominations and we're just out praying for the neighborhood today and we were wondering how can we pray for you and uh, man I never been asked that before so a lot of times they're like uh, uh, I don't know or they might say well you know I, I'm, I'm fine and then I might say okay you know is there any sickness in the family any any needs in particular oh yeah you know so I'll kind of rephrase it a little bit and then uh, our approach is that that we love them we listen to them and we discern what the, their situation is and what the Holy Spirit's speaking to us you know and and then we we respond to that in prayer and so after we've prayed with them hopefully we've connected with them because they know that we've listened to them and and our prayer has been effective they they know we're not blowing them off uh so we pray a heartfelt prayer for them whether it's for their cat or whatever you know so we we love on them we pray for them and then we say could, could i give you one of our bands to remember that we prayed with you today give them the wristband and then what i'll say is you know you may notice on there 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 are some scriptures if you got a few minutes i'd love to i'd love to share those scriptures with you and if they say oh you know i'm really busy okay make it a good visit you've connected with them you've prayed for them most people think it's great that there are teams going out from a variety of churches working together you know so we don't push it you know but if they say well yeah i got some time then i i transition from the wristband to the bible and i say well you notice that you notice that this bible we have these made special and uh, there are tabs that correspond with the colors and the scriptures on your wristband and i'd like to i'd like to share those with you and so it's so easy because it, the tabs are one through five is the romans road okay and i and I, i'm keeping a close watch on the time because i want to i want to show you how i do this okay because i never led anybody to jesus until someone taught me how to use the romans road because i didn't have a plan as soon as i equipped myself god started to bring people into my life and i started leading people to jesus but we got to have a plan we got to prepare ourselves and uh and there are a couple of key things that i want to bring out so some of you may know this better than i do some of you may not be familiar with it at all so I'm, I'm going to approach this as if none of you knew anything about it. 
So I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But, but so here's, here's what I do. I have them turn to each of the tabs and I have them read it and I, and I give them a chance to, to uh, back out. I'll say, um, you know, if you would just stick your thumb there in, in number one, tab number one, open that up. You see that highlighted verse there? Uh, could you read that for me? And I ask them that question because maybe they can't read, you know, or they don't read well, or they're uncomfortable or whatever, and that way they can say, well, you know, I can't see it very well, or they can say, oh, I'd rather not, you know, so I, I don't force anybody to read. But I'll say, could, could you read that verse for me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Man, every one of us sins. We all mess up, don't we? And, it, and if I'm talking to someone, especially if it's somebody younger, they may not even know what sin is. Most people my age and the generation behind me, we all know we're sinners, but the, some of the younger generation, they don't even know. And so I'll borrow a couple of lines from the way of the master. Any of you familiar with the way of the master? So, so I'll, say, uh, I'll say, yeah, we all sin. We all, we all mess up, don't we? And, you know, sin is is breaking God's commandments, isn't it? And I'll say, you you know, if you take even just God's top ten, the ten commandments, you've heard of those, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. So now we're, we're kind of connecting a little bit, making sure they understand what sin is. And I'll say, I'll say, you know, one of God's commandments is to honor your father and mother. Have you ever disrespected your parents? You ever rebelled against them? You broke one of God's Ten Commandments. Have you ever told a lie? And you broke another one. Have you ever stolen anything? Here's the one that, that gets most all of us. Jesus said anyone who looks at the opposite sex with lust has committed adultery with her in his heart. You know, I could go down through all Ten Commandments and I think you would find that you've probably broken most of them in one form or another. We all sin. Okay? And then I go on to the next tab. So we go to tab number two. For the wages of sin is death. Because we've all sinned, we've all earned for ourselves the wages of sin, which is death. And the Bible tells us there are two deaths. There's physical death when this old body shuts down, and then there's spiritual death. And the Bible says that that is, is being cast into the lake of fire, separated from God for all eternity. And because we've all sinned, we've all earned for ourselves the wages of sin, which is death and eternity in hell separated from God. And I don't make a joke out of it. Some people want to, you know... Oh, well, you know, that's the bad news. And, you know, I want them to feel the weight of their sin. You know, so, so I'd start out, I'd drop a bomb on them. Let them feel the weight of that. And then I say, but, but the, look at the second half of that verse, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, we don't have to go to hell. Because the free gift 
of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Could you turn to the, the third tab? And they turn there and, and they read it. God demonstrates his own love toward us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And here's how I explain that. And you just need to put it in your own words. You know, I practiced. When, when I learned the Romans wrote, I practiced. Because I wanted to be able to explain it to somebody in a way that I was comfortable and in a way that they could relate to. And so here's how I explain that. And you may do it some other way. But, but I say, you know, God is all-knowing. We call that omniscient. God knows everything. He knows everything that's ever happened. He knows everything that's ever going to happen in the future. He knew you before time began. He knew exactly what you were going to look like. He knew the day that you were going to be born. He knew the color of eyes, color of hair that you would have. And he knew every sin, every mistake, every wrong turn you would ever make. And he looked into the future. He saw you. He saw me stumbling and dying in our sin. And while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Man, that, that really sinks in when you share that with them. And then we turn to tab number four. Tab number four says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We already talked about the fact that we all sin. No matter how hard I try, I can't earn my salvation because I keep sinning and messing up. But God, in His unmerited favor, His, His grace, sent His Son to die on the cross for me so that through faith in Him, I could be saved. I can't boast about it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. It's by God's grace through faith in Christ. Okay, and then you gotta you actually have to go back to the tab number five. You gotta go back a few pages. Tab number five says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And I break that down into two parts. And this is super important. If you don't listen to anything else I say today, this is super important. A lot of people preach a, an abbreviated message of the gospel, a warped message of the gospel that does not include repentance. Without repentance, there is no salvation. And this is where I preach repentance right here we've, we've brought them all this way and they know that they're a sinner they know that Christ died for them and I'll say uh, I'll have them read that and I'll say now now it says that that if you believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and that God raised them from the dead you will be saved do you believe that with all your heart? You believe Jesus died for your sin and God raised him from the dead. 
And if they say no, then game over. If they say, yeah, I believe that. You do? Okay, well, there's, there's another part to that verse that's really important. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, let me tell you what that means. See, up to this point, you've been your own Lord. You've been your own boss. You've lived to please yourself as far as you could get away with it. And when you make Jesus Lord of your life, the Bible talks about repentance. And repentance is simply this. You were going this way. You're living to please yourself. And now you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And you turn away from your sin. You turn away from the things that are not pleasing to him. And you turn toward God in repentance. And you say, from now on, you're my Lord. From now on, you call the shots. From now on, with your help, I'm going to live to please you to the best of my ability. That's repentance. And then I give them a chance to back out. Because if you crank somebody through a prayer that they don't mean, you do two things. Um, number one, they don't get saved. Number two, they think they did and it didn't work for them. Well, yeah, I prayed that prayer and it, just, it didn't work didn't change me nothing happened you know don't just crank somebody through a prayer that they're not ready to pray so I bring them to that point and I say is that what you would like to do today or another way to put it is is there anything that's keeping you from making Jesus your Lord and Savior today and if they say well I'm just not quite ready blah 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 okay done deal you know, and this is what I say. Well, don't wait too long because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know, none of us have any guarantee of tomorrow. I'll be praying for you. And, and then you're done. Okay? If they say yes, woo! <laughs> then you pray for them. And I'm not going to pretend to pray for all you guys to get saved. But there's a sample prayer on the back of this Bible. And, uh, and you can use that or you can prepare yourself. Put it in your words. How, how would I pray with somebody? And lead them in a responsive prayer. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. Because they don't know how to pray yet. Lead them in prayer. And then rejoice with the angels in heaven. So that is how I present the gospel. And we have, let's see, it's 5 till 11. So I have five minutes to get to our Q&A time. Yes. Number one, and we did, we did revive in Bell Fountain. They don't charge a thing. They don't charge a thing. Mm -hmm. Bibles, wristbands, training, everything. They come as missionaries to your community. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. They're very biblically and doctrinally based. Mm -hmm. they're, I mean, they're, they're a good organization. And the best thing for us, it raised up a group of people in my church that now know how to lead someone to Jesus 
And that week or two that they were there, it is living on through the lives of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, John. And uh, I had I had that next in my notes. The cost. <laughs> the cost is zero. Now we had because we had uh, we extended it and we had help of people from the national team. They invested over seven thousand dollars in materials. And never never took an offering for them. Nothing. Not a free will offering. Nothing. And so what does it cost your church? Well, you have to you have to get your pastor, or if you are the pastor, you got to get a vision for it. You got to get excited about it. I would suggest that you, if you can, that you be the host pastor, because the host pastor's church benefits the most. Um, now I told you how we have meals together. There are churches that all that they did in Seneca County was they they provided breakfast or they provided lunch and we did lunch at a we did breakfast and supper at the host church every day but other churches brought in food so the host church isn't even feeding everybody all the time you know we did a few meals um but the lunch time because you want to be out in all the different areas in the in the county uh, you have different lunchtime churches and so you focus on that part of the county and you eat lunch at that church. So you have the host church, you have the lunchtime churches, you know, and, um, and you know, you have to provide meals. You need someone uh, in your church or in the churches who will house somebody. And uh, Mark Bird always says, uh, we just need a place to hose off and, and go to sleep. You know, they don't even have to feed us because they get fed at the church. Okay, we just need a place to take a shower and and a bed, and we're out of there. And so we, uh, the people who hosted them, were really blessed by the opportunity. So that's how revive works. And I'm going to take Q and A in just a minute. Um, that's how revive works. Um, there's also a ministry that often goes along with revive called courtside and so you have a brochure uh, it's, it's not the best quality because I copied one I unfolded it and copied it but um, it's got the information that you need on there uh, in in Seneca County Mike Ertle the other Assembly of God pastor in, in our county um, he and some other folks started courtside ministry in Seneca County and so they set up uh, one day a week there at the courthouse in, in uh, Tiffin, the county courthouse. And the other day they're in Fostoria at a courthouse. And they set up a table just like you see on there. And uh, so people come by. If there's ever people who need prayer, it's people that are going to court, right? <laughs> so, you know, they come out and, and, you know, they're heartbroken, they're in trouble, they're whatever. And so they come out and those guys are right there with a the big thing, you know, need prayer? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I sure do. So they come over to the table and they engage with them, they pray with them, they lead people to Christ. Last Saturday, we had a Revive Outreach Fostoria, and uh, and I led a, a young man to the Lord 
well, he's probably in his 40s. That's young to me. Uh, led this guy to the Lord. Well, he's not going to go to my church in Tiffin. We're in Fostoria, you know. So I, I told him about Pastor Mike's church, you know. And, uh, and, and one other thing, the orange tab. I almost forgot. I'm trying to cram so much into this. The orange tab, after, after I pray with them, they receive the Lord. I say, there's this orange tab, number six. This has some next steps for you to take as a believer. And if you look at that, it, it talks about being a new creation in Christ, talks about how to grow, talks about water baptism and community and studying the word, all those things, you know. So, uh, so when I, I prayed with Jeff Saturday, took him through all that, and I said, Jeff, this orange tab, I want you to take a couple days and, and go over that. This, these are some next steps you need to take in, in your relationship with Jesus. And I'll tell Pastor Mike to give you a call, and I know he's going to want to talk to you about those. Okay? So there's a connection. And so I got his information. Uh, it, the information goes into the Revive Hub. We have, we have a group of people back at the church that are praying in real time, and we have a scribe on each of the teams of four that are saying pray for this guy pastor rex is sharing the gospel you know and uh so they're they're texting that information in and people are praying while we're ministering to people and then the scribe uh jots down all the information you know jeff could you tell us this and that and the scribe's like ch -ch 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 -ch. i always have someone young do that as i'm like So, um, so Pastor Mike is—he's uh, already made an attempt uh, to contact Jeff. He sent me a text today, and he said, uh, "If I don't get a hold of him, I'm going to try to call him. If I don't get a hold of him, I'll go back to the store because he—he manages a little store, and he was outside smoking a cigarette when I caught him. So, uh, so anyway, so Pastor Mike's following up on him, okay? But that's how we do follow-up. So. So now when Mike meets with him, he'll talk about those next steps with him, and that begins a discipleship relationship. And then we decide, what, well, what do they need? Do they need marital counseling? Do they need this? Do they need that? And that determines what happens after the, the first steps. We're not doing the 52 necessarily. Because um, Revive has a 52-lesson follow-up book. And uh, the first few pages are these next steps. So I took those out and reproduced those, and we're using those, to, their individual lessons on each of those first steps. And then we can decide whether to do the 52 lessons or they need some, something else. And because discipleship is a, is a personal, individual thing. And there are some classes on that today that I'm going to and you can go to those as well so we have I need at 11 o'clock it's 11 o'clock I need to do Q&A let me just look and see if I forgot to tell you anything uh, courtside ministry if you're interested in that Mike Ertel E-R-D-E-L Mike Ertel his phone number is 419 934 1160. 
So Saturday, I led Jeff to the Lord. Um, Tuesday, I think it was, they led two more young men to the Lord at Courtside. And so this past, this past week through Revive and Courtside, three people received Christ as their Savior and we're doing our best to follow up on them. So that's what I was trying to get to. Uh, Go 2021, I didn't, I didn't think to put that on there. Uh, how many of you did Go 2020 last year? Wow. Um, how many of you heard of Go 2020? Okay. Um, the Go is global outreach. For years, there's been a global outreach day, and they made it, uh, Go 2020 was global outreach uh, month in the month of May. Um, church groups from all over the world, literally, denominations, parachurch groups, um, different ministries, uh, planned together, prayed together uh, to share the gospel with as many people as possible in the month of May. And uh, so we did that as Revive and as the Assemblies. So we, we hit it extra hard. And because of the pandemic, like I said, we just, we just decided we're just going to walk every street, pray for every house, pray for every business, and anyone that wanders out in our way will stop and say, hey, we're praying for your neighborhood. How can we pray for you? And it worked real well, you know. Um, so they are doing Go 2021 now, and uh, they're just starting to announce that. And um, so you'll be hearing more about that if you're a pastor. If you're not, ask your pastor, hey, did you hear about Go 2021? And uh, encourage him to look into that. And uh, Pastor John was just telling us last night that they're, they're making this, um, it's going to be a whole decade. Go 2020. 2021, 2022, a whole decade of global outreach in the month of May. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I love it. So I've covered everything that I wanted to. I know I dumped a lot of stuff on you. Um, I hope it's practical. I hope it's something that you can take home and, and uh, implement in your church. Who's, anyone have any questions? Yeah. Revive? Yeah. No, they, they're typically there for one week. And we ended up holding it over because God was moving. Um, like I said, they, they were seeing, and they're very much, um, they align very closely with the Assemblies of God. So they're very open to the moving of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, the gifts of healing. Uh, so, and then we ended up, because God was moving in such a way, we ended up actually having them for two weeks. Usually it's one. And then what happens is you have a remnant that remains in the county. The Revive team moves on. We have Revive Seneca County. I'm the chairman of Revive Seneca County. And we meet every Monday night for prayer. And one Saturday a month, we go out on the streets. And we do it the same way. We, we start off with worship and prayer. We have breakfast, just something grab-and-go breakfast. And uh, we do the training. And every once in a while, we have someone new that comes in, gets trained. And then we hit the streets for a couple hours. Uh, one Saturday a month, we're doing that. Uh, 
Yeah. 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 That's where you got the year. Because I said I said they they came in a year in advance and and they started to meet with us. They they would come to the prayer meetings. And so we start praying once a week a year in advance and praying that God would give us more churches. Zen Tiffin, man, you got all these like I said, we're 70% Catholic, then you got all these mainline churches, and then you got all these Pentecostals that won't work together. And it was murder to, to get a group of churches together. And God gave us 21 that participated. One of the things they offer too is that they've got a uh, mobile baptism. Yeah. 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 Sometimes they just park it. And people, you know, a crowd forms around it, and it's got the it's got the tabs painted on it, you know. And so it, it'll a crowd will gather around. We called it the Batmobile. Um, people gather around it, and they're just like, "Ever seen anything like this?" Nope. And then they just take them through the tabs. They get saved and baptized right on the spot. Uh, we had a young man who who wanted to be baptized. His mother was. Uh, Housebound because of her health, took the Batmobile over, parked on the street, and she was able to see her son get baptized. So, yeah. Um, you said that they they leave and there's a like a committee set up in each. How do you know if there's already one set up where you are? Um, the Revive Ohio would know okay. because they stay in touch. I mean, they are partnering with us still. Um, we did it in 2019, uh, the last week of September, first week of October, and uh, and they prayed with us for a year before that, and they still partner with us. We're all close friends, and uh, in fact, I do a Zoom prayer meeting with them uh, on Thursdays, and so we we stay in touch. And um, but in order for them to come to your county, they have to be invited, you know. So. Um, if, if you're a pastor and you want more information or if you talk to your pastor and say, hey, you know, call this Rex King guy. He talks a lot, but, you know, uh, you need to hear about Revive Ohio. Is, is there a minimum number of churches that need to be in like the invite? Um, I, I was worried about that because we had such a hard time getting churches involved. And I kept asking them that, and they wouldn't answer me. My guess is, as, as long as there's a, a reasonable size group, they, they'll come. But they don't. They won't tell you yes or no. Uh, and that, that was worrying me because I was having so much trouble getting churches on board. Yeah. Did they target? Did they target your whole county, or did you just go in the neighborhoods where the we targeted the whole county. In fact, we took every church in the county. They had maps, and they sent a team to every church. And so we'd just go to a church, pull in the parking lot, get out and pray. And if someone came out and said, what are you doing? You know, we'd say, oh, hey, we're praying for your church. How can we pray for you? Mm 
mm-hmm. some counties. You know, so do you think that they would? I don't know. Have to talk to the uh, Mark Bird is the uh, is the Ohio Revive Ohio chairman. You'd, you'd have to talk to him. It's real easy to uh, just if you just put in Revive Ohio, uh, just Google that. You'll find the website and Facebook page and all that stuff, and so it's real easy to get information. Uh, there's an awesome highlight video that I wanted to show you today, but I thought, man, I'm never going to get that in uh, four minutes. But it's the highlights of Seneca County, and um, it's a four-minute video, and I didn't, I knew I wouldn't have time. Um, yeah, you should. Well, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but if you go to Revive Ohio or uh, revive Seneca County, you might find it. And uh, so, but it it's just shows highlights of, and you get to see we, uh, myself and one other guy, uh, I shared the gospel with seventh grade football team. He shared with eighth grade football team and the video shows 34 kids. Any any more questions? We got two minutes. What was Mike Erdell's number again? Mike Erdel. 419 934 1160. 31 football players got saved. Okay. If there are no more questions. Thanks for coming. Hope it was helpful.